Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Can you believe it took all the way to 2016 for Poison Ivy to have her first ever solo series? Well, it's true. And today we're going to look at it on Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we're looking at Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death from 2016. I don't know if you remember, but this was a very odd point for DC Comics because they had already fully decided at the beginning of 2016 that it's like, oh, we're getting close to issue 52 of all of our new 52. So we're going to be winding this stuff down and we're going to bring in Rebirth. But there was that weird area of while they were still winding stuff down and the coming of Rebirth where books like this came out and it was hard to figure what their continuity was. Is it New 52 continuity or is it continuity that's going to carry over into Rebirth? And thankfully, because the storyline is so self-contained, it's not something we really have to worry about. But there are moments in the book where it was obvious to me that they were still playing with New 52 continuity by just the way certain characters were acting. And And, Harley Quinn's outfit. Yes. And Harley Quinn's outfit. Yes. It was still very much that look. Still very one of the many things in the New 52. Yeah. This miniseries was written by Amy Chu with art by Clay Mann. July of 2015, the DC announced that they were going to start highlighting some of the publisher's lesser used characters and Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death was one of the books that was put out there. And uh, Amy Chu, when uh, she was approached to this all the way back in 2014, they had the idea of, like, we want to do this. And so they asked a bunch of writers to submit a pitch for Poison Ivy's first ever solo miniseries. And uh, Amy put in her pitch. And the thing that made hers kind of stick out compared to all the other writers that they asked is that, She's the only one that didn't make it an eco-terrorism story. She was like, oh, you know, it's Poison Ivy. Been there, done that. Eco-terrorism, that's kind of always been something that people play around with, especially in the modern era. Why don't we do a murder mystery that kind of still fits into Poison Ivy's world? Because what is a murder mystery with a character who lives by her own law, her own ethics, her own morals, that kind of counteract what regular mankind sees as right and wrong. Because, of course, she's always thinking about, you know, the plants. And she's highly connected to the green, which was something that was really heavily pushed during the New 52. And so when she looks at all these people who are harvesting off the land, she looks at it as that, oh, well, you're hurting plants. And I kind of like them better than you guys. So murder is not necessarily something she automatically goes oh, this is bad. It all depends on who's murdering who and for why. I thought that was kind of like an interesting take to come in on this. And also giving her a day job. Like her and Harley, like one of the many things they have in common is they're very well-educated, professional, like both doctorates. Like they can do other things besides crime. And Well, especially Ivy because she doesn't have severe uh, mental health issues throughout her time she hasn't had major mental health breaks her personality and her stance on life has kind of sometimes put her in the asylum because people are not looking at the world the way she is i mean i think a mental health professional might want to explore pam's stance on plant life being 
equal to human life, which, again, many people agree with. Mm -hmm. But legally, you can go out and pull some weeds right now, but you can't let your man-eating plant eat men without <laughs> some kind of well, that's, No, that, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that yeah. is true. But again, when you're somebody who's not just human, but a human-plant hybrid, you might not see it that way. That's that's what I'm saying. Whereas Harley, it's like Harley was a mental health professional who then had basically a break from reality. So I don't really see Harley getting a day job is what I'm saying, at least not in her field, as opposed to Ivy, who, yeah, like if you're going to be dealing with 5,000 year old plants, you want to have Pam Isley around. Definitely. Harley wouldn't be any worse than probably many gymnast coaches out there. <laughs> Might be an improvement on some, actually. Yeah, that would be a great run. Like Harley comes in and takes over, like the U.S. gymnast is like, "Girl, you you girls have had a terrible time. We're gonna murder some of your old leaders and then also take you back to the Olympics." Like, I think that would be a great run for Harley. <laughs> Tangent. Anyway, love this for the ladies. Love that you get to see a lot of just Pam at work. She's mm. good at her job. She is. Yeah using some of her work-funded research for her own personal goals. I'm, I'm pretty sure most standard employment agreements, especially anything to do with like R&D, would, you know, make that a bit of a no-no. So yes, again, ethically, that. Yeah. ethically, Pam is always doing her own thing. Yeah, yeah, because she doesn't recognize authority. So any rulings that they'd put on that, she would just ignore anyways. To me, it was kind of interesting that like, the murder mystery is the driving force of this, but... The personal project that Ivy has kind of becomes the underlying backbone of the story because of where it goes. It's two parts where it's like Ivy is being a nurturing mother, but at the same time is also still the scientist. Mm -hmm. She's still kind of seeing the, the effects of her experiment, so to speak. And her wearing those two hats kind of puts her in a place where she's kind of getting pulled both ways in the middle of this story. Yeah. And there's an interesting sort of, and I don't know if they even intended this, but her making her own kind of reproductive choices, but then these other men wanting her research and the products of her research for their own selfish desires. And while the way she goes about things, again, ethically, a lot of question marks. She might want to get an employment lawyer. She wants to get a like a regular, regular Joe Lab job again. I do think that ultimately her goals were to not just have her found family, but have her own family. And the sort of middle section where she's isolating from some of her found family is where it is the messiest for her. And then she's like, but you know what? My girls are my girls. I need to remember who has my back. Is it like my new work friends? Okay. Darshan's a champ. Loved both Darshan. Hey, except guy. for Darshan. Uh, <laughs> but like Selena, Harley, like these are your literal ride or die. Like, so don't forget where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You're going to end up perhaps committing the odd bit of burglary or ending up in a bar fight, but they're your girls. Right, right. Well, hell, she calls on Selena because she needs to do the odd bit of burglary. But yeah, what do you think of the children in this and how quickly they become adults? It's a, it's very much, it's a regular comic book and science fiction trope. Introduction of a child that's not from a traditional childbirthing means 
that it then becomes an adult pretty fast and goes through the experiences of childhood within an instant. How'd you feel that that was handled in this? As a plot exercise, the classic sitcom, it's a baby this season and now it's walking and talking next season. There's a reason we do it. Well, yeah, like, to me, if, like, I, 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 love think it. I felt more like the science fiction <laughs> yeah. realm of like, Deanna Troy has a baby. Oh, now he's 21. That kind of episode, that kind of, more yeah. of that kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah. And the babies were so cute. The babies are really adorable. The art with the babies reminded me a bit of the way the the children of Big B Wolf in Fables were, because it's like his kids with, is it Rose Red? They have like a bunch of different children, like they're the grandchildren of North Wind, and they all have different powers. So they have a like, different hair color and like different little, like, you know, one always has like a bit of like a tail and paws sometimes, like has trouble shifting back out of wolf form. And like these babies being like, planty but in different ways like the worn literal like little kind of horns and stuff that then when they grow up it just looks like like a hairstyle like kind of a goth yeah. hair look like these babies are so cute i love them <laughs> it's like <laughs> aesthetically just having her lounging around in her little like garden of eden outfit in the plants at home with the babies crawling around her it's so good like just aesthetically Love it for her. Yeah, no, I felt that this this book, for the most part, uh, very pretty. Like, it's very pretty looking, except to the points where it's not meant to be pretty. There's no mid-looking people in this world. You're either pretty looking, you got great aesthetics, whether man or woman or whatever, you look all right. And if you're a bad guy, you automatically look old and frumpy. <laughs> and it's like, it's an easy way to, like, to just look at the book and go, okay, I can tell the bad guy is all right. It's not, it doesn't come out like that of being like, don't trust these people, but it's sort of like subconsciously. It's like, okay, I'm prepared not to trust those people. Got it. Yeah. It, it definitely is one of those. Everyone's super pretty. Even her work badge picture is a full on glamor shot. And nobody like, has side a good part. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody has nobody a good work like picture. It. Nobody. Yeah. Like, girl, you're giving the game away that you're some kind of super villain because only somebody who's a little bit evil could look that good in a work badge picture. Yeah. It's a book that, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of green, but the way they use it. So even in scenes where she isn't surrounded by plants, there's always like something in either the decor or other people's outfits or part of her outfit. You never forget whose book this is. Mm -hmm. And that's from like every plot subplot it's very focused on her her energies her motivations i never question what she does like i get it like are these good choices mm -hmm. but <laughs> these are pam's choices these like, are true these are to ivy, ivy choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah speaking of the green i mentioned earlier that the green kind of very much made me think about new 52 because in during the new 52 two books that were kind of like sleeper hits were animal man and swamp thing and in Animal Man, they talked about the red and how all animals are connected on, you know, another plane of existence and how what happens in the red realm affects humanity and the animals and things like that. And then there in Swamp Thing, they really looked at the green and how the earth and everything that's in it, all plant life is connected and during that run, Poison Ivy made a number of appearances as a, uh, a teammate of Swamp Thing. And it was touched on here. And I felt like, okay, that, that to me is the part that really kind of ties it to the New 52 era because of the fact that after and before the New 52, 
Yeah, the green and the red were there and they were mentioned, but they weren't focused on the way they were during the new 52. And so that was something when I was reading, I felt like, okay, at least you're making me remember like one of the few good things I liked about the new 52. So that's good. And yes, well, many at the time, self-included, bemoaned the like aggressively let's make every feeling a character in sort of the tightest shiniest version of her outfit mm. and or bathing suit look at you some fire they're doing this and this but it's somehow and maybe it is because she has a day job maybe it is because they occasionally like let her wear a lab coat or a trench coat even though the rest of the time she's you know leg tats and leaves and i think well i think that's because ivy's always been that like there's never been a run where if ivy's getting out in her gear that she's not the femme fatale looking woman you know yeah clay man i thought did a really good job of telling the story but it was very much a lot of like pause for looks type art it's like it looks great it pops but it's not as uh story driven art you know what i mean there's a lot of butt shots. There's a lot of up the skirt shots. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it is, it's, it's fun to look at, but it's one of those books where, you know, they were really good story driven art. You can flip through the book and know exactly what's going on in every page without reading any of the captions or dialogue. In this, I felt like if you took out Amy Chu's dialogue, a lot of the pages would look like they're doing another photo shoot. <laughs> like that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. I would say the work stuff. Again, where they have more close. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only it's part where it does. It's much follow. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and the bar fight, arguably parts of the bar fight, even yeah. though we are getting the most Harley, Harley outfit. It's just a lot of, I feel like, okay, can we make it shorter without actually having to draw lips? Not on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the children get older, when Thorn and Rose and Hazel grow into young 20-somethings within the span of a few days. Of course, they don't want to stay hidden and they want to go out and experience the world because they really haven't gotten a chance to do that. They end up at a strip club, which I felt like every story where somebody is unfamiliar with the world around them, almost like a child in an adult's body, there's always a strip club. Why, Why do you think that that's the trend in stories that it's like, we got this innocent character... Let's take him to a strip club automatically. The patriarchy? <laughs> they want to have people in strip clubs? <laughs> I That is the short, easy answer. But there is a bit of that trope that I watched some YouTuber. They called it like Born Sexy Yesterday of like, and one of the best character examples is Lilu from Fifth Element, where somebody is like maybe chronologically for this lifetime, only a certain amount of years, but they're physicality whatever is basically young supermodel Mm. so let's make it okay to have them be objectified because we're going to put them in hypersexual or adult or violent situations okay yeah sorry i wish there was a better reason than just (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but yeah yeah. the patriarchy i hear no but like for me that was the one that was the one cliche that stuck out for me in this story i guess there is tropes throughout this but it's comics there's usually always going to be some tropes but that was the one cliche moment that i felt like okay so this is every innocent character in an 80s movie moment you know 
Yeah. And then it also allows for a little bit of victim blaming because, well, of course, someone's going to try to touch your butt in the strip club if you walk in just wearing one of your mom's short skirts. So you turning the guy's hand to a branch, like, was that necessary? It's like, first of all, it doesn't matter if you're in a strip club or at church or what you're wearing. He did not have consent. Therefore, uh, perhaps was her reaction an overreaction or the only reaction that makes sense? Got no problem with that reaction. Just saying strip club. Kind of cliche in my opinion. Definitely. Definitely. We had a nice third act wrap up that has the cathartic kind of like finish win, but also has, you know, sorrowful, like, I don't know what's going to happen to these characters from now on. And neither is Ivy kind of moment. So a very traditional kind of comics ending. We're leaving some stuff open-ended for other creators to carry on with at whatever point that it could happen. But overall, I thought it was a fun little read. Yeah. And I did love, the moment of like Ivy getting to be the angry mom showing up at the party to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this, this story goes in like so many weird places, but like when she's just like disappointed mom is kind of the most fun. Girl, stop it. What are you doing (laughs) out in these streets? (laughs) Like, mom, you're a super villain murderer, but sure. We won't go to the strip club. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, okay. Oh, do as man. I say, not as I do. It's exactly. Poison Ivy's like attitude towards mom, work, friendships, all of it. Humanity. Yeah. Much it. So overall, yeah, I thought it was fun. It was worth checking out. How about yourself? Love it. I feel like if you're thinking of being any kind of sexy poison ivy i don't even know there's like an unsexy poison ivy i don't think i guess is, yeah. her day look with the lab coat that but was still pretty sexy it's still pretty sexy yeah when she shows up at the office after like one of the murders and she's just in her workout pants it's like they're very low and very tight mm. in my youth unlike thor i didn't call to war but i definitely wore like two button low-rise hip hugger pants like this is a very much top of the bush can't make it through that situation <laughs> Speaking of plants. <laughs> anyway, yeah, her day look even was still very sexy, but like this would be the book I would use if you're crafty and you want to make your own outfit. Her looks in this book would be what you want to go for for your Halloween sexy poison ivy. Right. Sexy, but you can walk out on those streets with this. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of but you could have a lot of fun. You could do like the leg tats. You could do like a bit of plant work in the hair. It's a great look. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath Petula. Where can the good folks find you? At inatif.com, on Twitter, Hive, Spoutable, TikTok, Instagram, at obesicatawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekhardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekhard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review because it helped with the analytics and it will bring a smile to our faces. And we hope we brought a smile to your faces today. Try to go out there and connect with some green. Go out there, touch grass. But not ass without consent. Yeah, touch grass, not ass. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, make sure you wear some sunscreen. That's important. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petunio. Have yourself a good 